Welcome back to 52 and 52, a podcast where we watch uh, at least one movie a week and uh, do an episode about it and for every week in the year. Uh, today we're doing another one of our little switch-up podcasts because I saw a movie that Anthony had absolutely no interest in seeing, but I insisted that we talk about it because our friend Joe, who joined us on the King Kong podcast, uh, really wanted to talk about Beauty and the Beast. And it was right up Joe's alley, uh, one of his favorite movies of all time. And I thought, well, I'm probably going to see it anyway. And then it broke like every single March box office record. So there was like no way we weren't going to talk about this movie. So, uh, Joe, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, it's good to be back. And I welcome my role as 52 and 52's cgi beast correspondent <laughs> well i think we might broaden it out a little bit because like i don't know how much we i don't think we really touched on it on the king kong thing but like joe's probably I, i'm we're probably gonna shift joe's lane a little bit i mean like i, I like cgi beast like <laughs> that, that's one thing but like i don't want to pigeonhole you too much into something that like might not be like your favorite thing in the world so i think like animated movie correspondent anthony sometimes anthony is all in on an animated movie and other times he's like all out and this isn't this isn't animated it's live action so it's like I don't know. You, you, it's got to be like a creative role. We got to figure it out because it's like <laughs> it can't be so narrow as Pixar. Because like you, movies that were at one point animated, or maybe that maybe that should be it. I don't know. We 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 got we got plenty of time to figure it out. But uh, Beauty and the Beast is one of Joe's favorite movies of all time, and he was really excited to talk about it. And I, I have a much different perspective on it, which is uh, why I was glad to have Joe join because. I've seen the original Beauty and the Beast. I'm pretty sure I watched it countless times as a little kid because it's like my mom's favorite movie. Uh, she, I think she like really relates to Belle because my mom just loved reading when she was younger. And so that was like kind of always her thing. But I'm really curious to get your thoughts on this show because there are a lot of people that are like super, super cynical about this. And we're just like, why do we need this? Why are we doing this? Why are we here? And you were very excited to do this. You had an opening night ticket, and it was like one of your favorite movies of all time. So where do you stand on this? Disney's just going to try and make live-action remakes for all their classic animated movies as someone who is into, was very into these movies. Yeah, so I guess I classify myself as like a nostalgist. You know, I really kind of – I don't know, whatever that says about me psychologically. But, <laughs> I mean, this whole thing is like an exercise in nostalgia, and Disney is a company that – is very much into nostalgia in general. You just look at the parks, you know, the theme parks, and it's all an exercise in nostalgia of Main Street USA and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, it really is just Disney, you know, finding a sure moneymaker. And, you know, people like me who love the original Beauty and the Beast see, oh, a new version of it. Yes, of course I'm going to go watch that. Um, so it does, so no, yeah. this doesn't offend you? No, it doesn't offend me. Like, I feel like people... Like, at least in Disney fandom, there's too many people that said, oh, Walt wouldn't have done this or Walt wouldn't have wanted this. And, like, honestly, you know, none of us know what Walt Disney really wants because, you know, he's been dead for 50 years. So, um, <laughs> you know, with all that said, I think you can enjoy it as something separate, you know, without having worrying about it tarnishing the original legacy, I guess. So um, I think one piece I think one reason why people are pretty um, up in arms about this is because Beauty and the Beast is so recent. Like, I feel like everybody who's around now to talk about this has seen the original Beauty and the Beast. Whereas stuff like, you know, the Jungle Book remake or the, you know, Mary Poppins coming next year or two with, you know, right. Like those are, yeah, those are much older. And so people, maybe not everybody's seen the original Mary Poppins. And I think that's why, you know, maybe the uproar is bigger about this one, but I don't know. But yeah, so, uh, just getting getting into the movie a little bit itself i like i said i i didn't i didn't have that constantly going through my head the whole time comparing it and 
whatever, and I think that might have maybe some, like I mean the movie has generally positive reviews, but I mean some people are down on it for various reasons. I try not to read too many reviews before I go into things nowadays. I used to have a bad habit of doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't help but see a couple different like Twitter things or Rotten Tomatoes blurbs or like some people called it boring, and I certainly did not find the movie boring. I was very entertained throughout. I mean, um, so I'm curious, like, because uh, we, we t- I, t- I texted with you a little bit about it before I had seen it, and it seemed like you were pretty positive as well. And I, I mean, I, I was entertained. I might have a, a couple things I want to uh, critique with, but it seemed like you, you, you were overall pretty positive on it too, with a couple, um, with maybe a couple concerns. But uh, what, what worked for you most about this version of it? I think what worked for me most with this is that the new music seemed to really echo and be. I really felt like the new songs fit in with the old songs. Like I felt like they really understood the tone of the original and they understood what people liked about the original and that whenever they made a departure or a change in this movie, they really did that with the original in mind. Like tonally, there were never any moments that were like jarring for me. So I think that was, um, I think the best part of the movie for me. So for like a total newbie or essential newbie like me, what were the new songs? <laughs> I mean, that's, I know that's a really dumb question oh, yeah. to be asking, but like, no, no, no. I mean, like, uh, like, I know like be our guest is like, obviously one that's like one of the originals. Like, I, I, I could figure that much out myself, but like, what, what were the, like the big, like new things they did? So, um, how does a moment last forever was a new song. That's the one that her father sings. And then she reprises later. Gotcha. And then there's days in the sun, which was flashbacks to the beast as a kid. And then, um, just the object singing about, you know, days in this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's actually, it, it was like a tonal variation on a song that was cut from the animated and that was in the Broadway version. And then, um, the beast big song, um, near the end of the movie was a brand new song too. Um, yeah. So there was those three, at least off the top of my head, I think. So, yeah. Where do you stand on these people as performers? Uh, like, I, I mean, I've seen some people just saying that they don't think Emma Watson has a good voice. And we talk about it on the podcast a lot where it's like, I'm just not a music person. Anthony's like a huge music person. So I think this this type of thing jumps out to him a little more. And for me, like, I didn't need them to, like, be great singers. They seem good enough. I do think it is kind of... It is a little jarring when you put her and Dan Stevens next to, like, someone like Luke Evans, who's like, clearly, like, a or Josh Gad, who are both, like theater performers essentially like i know i'm pretty sure luke evans like trained on the west end i saw that somewhere and oh, yeah. like, we know josh gad has those chops so like when you put when, when you're like going back and forth between like those guys and them it's like oh like you could see who the professionals really are here but like i didn't <laughs> find it like offensively bad when i heard bell and the beast singing at all like i could tell maybe not on the level of those other guys but it's not like taking me out of the movie or anything like that no not at all and i i felt like emma watson had a very distinctive voice that's very different than Paige O'Hara, who was the original mm-hmm. Belle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I thought it was different. and I mean, it was different, which I think was a good thing, because okay. I feel like if they had just parroted everything, it would have been boring, as you know some people said. So I like that she had a different voice. I thought she was good. And then Dan Stevens, like, um, the Beast singing was fine. Like, I wonder how he was able to sing, like, because he had, like, it has, like, the Beast affectation with it. You know, or he had like the big husk thing going on. And right, I was like, right. did they do that digitally or did he have to sing in his beast voice? And like, I was like, I don't, I, uh, that was the one thing I was kind of thinking about like afterward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I watched him on a Legion and like definitely like someone's having to change something there. And I, I was, I thought about that too. I was like, I wonder like how they go about doing that. I mean, obviously pretty impressive if he can just keep that up the whole time. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, but, 
Like I said, I mean, it worked well enough for me. I get why some people that might have much more discerning ears than I do might be like a little like annoyed, but I, I don't know. Like I, I, I thought it was perfectly fine. Um, were there, were there like any, so it seemed like you felt like it honored the original in the right parts. I know the whole entire thing with like, uh, taking that trip to Paris was a thing they added on, like the whole entire storyline with her mother. Um, I mean, I thought that was a pretty, I mean, I, I thought that was actually pretty well done for the most part. I mean, it seemed like, I, I guess they did give it plenty of room to tell that story because I, I was surprised. I didn't realize that the original is like 84 minutes long and this was over two, <laughs> this is over two hours. So I mean, I think that was one mm-hmm. way in which they like made if they're if you're going to add something like don't take shortcuts, and they, I don't think they did in that regard. Uh, how did you feel about that, or were there any other um, significant plot changes that really stood out to you for good or bad, one way or the other? Um, I really liked finding out what happened to her mother. I liked that whole angle; it was a good way to flesh out the character and mm-hmm. um, finding out how they left. Kind of like they really positioned Bella as an outsider in the original and that like that's communicated through that opening song number. But like, I really liked how they fleshed that out a bit more here. Um, that said, the Paris scene has like one of my big like problems with oh, the uh, film. That was one of your things. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I think they created like this massive plot hole or at least like this massive question that like demands to be answered. And it's that they have, and this is a spoiler alert. If you've, or one of the only people in the country who hasn't seen it, or Anthony. But um, <laughs> He won't listen to uh, this, so it's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he has the book that will take you anywhere in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And I originally thought of it as something like the Pen C from Harry Potter, where you just kind of observe a place. Right, right. But then they get to Belle's old house, and the Beast is like, do you want to go see Notre Dame, or do you want to like go see, and it was some other French site, I can't remember, And it made me think like, okay, so there's this book in the library that'll take them anywhere they want to go in the world. So how come later in the film where Maurice is in trouble in town and he's about to be thrown in the insane asylum, uh, the beast is like, you should go to him, Belle, and then sends her back on the horse. (laughs) I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, because it's definitely not a pensive because like she gets that uh, she gets that other rose from there. Um, right, so, yeah. so like the fact that the fact that she actually takes a physical thing from there tips you off that it's not just a it's not just a vision type thing. Yeah, so that kind of, that like I think that's like my main issue with the film and like I've talked about it with some people I know and they're like and they told me like you're being they're like you're being ridiculous about it. And I was like, "No, like I I think it's legitimate like uh complaint about the movie but you know yeah anyway, i don't know like, if you want to get like too into like the geography of these uh these northern england villages or wherever where, where i don't know do you know where the village is supposed to be i mean they talk about actual uh, it's supposed, european cities it's supposed to be in france oh, and in france. Okay. uh yeah so yeah. okay they talked about paris but i didn't know if she just liked paris for whatever reason because it's, oh, yeah. it's a lot of british people in a movie so <laughs> forgive me right, for not yeah. realizing it was in france but uh but like i mean the, the first time that like he ends up there it, it seems like he's on some long trek uh t- on his horse carriage i mean it doesn't I mean it doesn't make it doesn't have like a graphic that says two days later on the screen but it it feels like her dad's on a pretty long trip and then it seems like every mm-hmm. time throughout the rest of the film that someone has to go from the village to there or back like it, it, it gets it gets short 
shorter <laughs> with, each, yeah. with, with each and every preceding trip. I, I did kind of notice that. I'm like, that might not be like the one thing that I'm going to get that hung up on. But like, I, I did think about that. It's like, she's like, she, it took her dad, like a, it was a long trip for him. And the, the horse looked like it had a rough time on its way back when it shows up after the dad gets kidnapped. And he's really been through hell and back just <laughs> to get there and where he can probably get there faster on his own than if someone's riding him. And she just gets there in like a good 10 minutes, you know, when, when they yeah. decide to go there. So would have been, yes, you're right. It would have been quicker with the magical book, but, uh, <laughs> she, it didn't take her so long anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The geography is just kind of weird. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to harp too much on that, but yeah, I was just like magic book, use the magic book, but yeah. Oh well. So, okay. Well, no, that's, that's interesting. Uh, why, why, don't we, why don't you just tell me your, your other, uh, one, uh, uh, little drawback. You said you had two. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I can't remember the other one right now. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe maybe it actually wasn't that bad. Yeah, no, like, I, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I've seen it twice already. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, like, I like I had, like, a free ticket voucher because my um, footrest didn't work at the Kong showing or whatever. So um, I went ahead and just saw it again But um, before we recorded this. I don't know how much of this you're editing out. But, um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it, though. Well, I'd say, well, let me know if that comes back to you. I'll share the one thing I was thinking about because it's like okay. I don't I, – I think it's weird to like get hung up on stuff or I, I think there are – I feel sometimes weird when I get hung up on stuff and it's like that's not really the point. But my, my biggest thing was um, – I, and I guess it's because it's because the original was like that was it's right the first ever uh, animated movie to get nominated for best picture right yes so mm-hmm. I can't like, fault them I, I mean I get that some people don't like if you like do it too similarly it seemed like they did change some things though but the one thing that I kind of got a little like hung up on was I don't know if they made the best use of that screen time that they did when you're adding forty minutes to the original. I would have liked them to just like had a little more time of them actually falling in love, as corny as that kind of sounds, because it's essentially like he kidnaps her. He is very, very intimidating to her. Uh, she saves his life. He saves her life very quickly in that scene with the wolves. Uh, she finds out that he knows Shakespeare, and then we get a montage, and they're in love. And yeah. Anthony and I talk about a lot on these podcasts how, like, in any movie where it's any kind of relationship movie, whether it's a YA movie, a more serious drama, or even an animated movie, like, why can't you actually just write some convincing dialogue as to, like, why these people like each other? And, like, it seems like a weird thing to get hung up on something like that in a Disney movie, especially when I call my mom and I like, after the movie, and I'm like, Mom, did it take more for her to fall in love with him in the original other than, like, finding out that he likes to read? And she's like, no, nah, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. But like, so it's like something where it's like, I get like, you're trying to like stay close to the original, but the fact is you did add 40 minutes of screen time. And like, I thought they did a pretty good job with that storyline with her mother. And my thing is like, maybe you could have taken out like, like you like the music. I'm just, I, I'm like, I have this ongoing struggle in my head with like what I want out of a musical. It's like, I've been trying mm-hmm. to figure it out since I saw La La Land. Cause like I, I've went back, I've gone back and watched a couple of classic musicals too. Just trying to figure out like what I want out of one because I didn't love La La Land as much as I wanted to. And it's like, I, I think I'm just someone that tends not to love music enough that I would want to like totally sacrifice characterization, which definitely wasn't the case here because I felt like I did have a good idea of who they are as people. And I thought they actually had really good chemistry together. Like when they are kind of giving each other shit about like him, him, not him and, you know, oh, you would like Romeo and Juliet or whatever. Is that a, is that a quote from the original? 
No, no, that's okay. entirely new. So that, that, is, that is a kind of a funny kind of like a little bit of a different type of mo- like modern humor that they throw in right there. And it's like just like if that scene had been 10 minutes longer or there had been just a different conversation about something else entirely. But it does seem like some of them, they're just like actually getting over the fact that like he kidnapped her in the first place. It's almost like a, a Stockholm Syndrome montage. And that's, a, <laughs> and that's kind of what it is to me. But like it didn't really hinder my enjoyment of the movie. I'm just like, if you're going to make it that much longer, maybe just like add a little bit more in there of them just like going back and forth with each other. Cause I actually thought that two of them had good chemistry. Some, and some people thought that like, Oh, the age difference between them was like too obvious. And I didn't think so. Cause he's like all in makeup and stuff. I mean, like, I could tell Luke Evans is like way older than Emma Watson, but it didn't really bother me with her and Dan Stevens. Oh, I didn't know that Dan Stevens was that much older than her. So. I mean, he's like six, uh, six years older than her, five, five years uh, older okay. than her. But like Luke Evans is like uh, 11 years older than her. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think um, at least in the Disney animated canon, a lot of it is they just like kind of let the songs um, speak for that stuff itself. And I think that's just always been their kind of style. And um, yeah, I guess the one scene that sold it for me is like he like when they go to Paris, he does kind of help her get that closure for her mother, which um, worked well enough for me. But yeah, I would have liked to see more between them that wasn't. songs and stuff because like i actually thought that like romeo and juliet bit was like a bit inspired because i was like oh wow this is something new and didn't mm-hmm. expect out of this at all so um i thought that was pretty cool so and i and yeah. and, and, I, and, I, and i agree with you on the songs because like i mean that it, it is pretty good i mean like you are hearing them explain why they're feeling the way they're feeling and mm-hmm. and and that does add something to it but uh i just thought that like they showed that they had the ability to like write some pretty interesting dialogue between them and it just wouldn't have hurt to have done more of it. I don't know where you cut it from because a kid's movie doesn't need to be any longer than two hours and nine minutes, but like, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you could have rearranged a few things here and there. Uh, that being said, like we did spend a lot of time like hanging out with her and all the, what do you call all the other assorted, uh, inanimate object characters? Do you have a name for them? I thought you might've said it earlier. Uh-huh. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I thought you called them something. If you just, I, if you don't call uh, them like collective antiques or something like that, I, I, but the I enjoy, enchanted objects. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, that's good. The, the, the enchanted, the, the enchanted things, if you will. Okay. I, I liked all that stuff. So, like, we we hung out with them a lot, but that did not bother me because there's, I mean, there are a lot of voice performers in there who, like, I really thought you and McGregor was, uh, pretty good. I like, I enjoyed him mm-hmm. a lot, and, um, and like, I guess uh, Stanley Tucci was the piano, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I always like him and um, uh, Audrey McDonald and Gugu Mbatha Raw. Like, who's one of my favorite actresses? Like, they they were fun. So, I just I thought all the stuff with them was really well written and got at some of that other kind of more uh, quirky humor that I was saying I enjoyed in it. Yeah, while we're on that, like Emma Thompson, like I, I think that Angela Lansbury, who plays Mrs. Potts in the original, is like one of the best animated voice performances like ever, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So. Like props to her for like taking on that role and, and you know being actually quite good in it. Um, like because I was that was one of the things I was most kind of like um, apprehensive about. I guess going into this was like okay, like Mrs. Potts isn't Angela Lansbury. How's this gonna go? And um, I actually thought she did quite well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how, 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 so how did you feel about all of this stuff visually? Because I've I've read a couple reviews of people who are just much more familiar with the original than me, and they said. Um, 
some people were a little disappointed with it in that regard. And like, I thought it looked great. I mean, hard not to when you have like an $180 million budget or whatever. Like, it better look great. And I mean, I think Disney mm-hmm. movies do look good for the most part. But some people thought like maybe it just like wasn't, maybe it tried to replicate the original in too many ways where it just couldn't because you're somewhat limited when you can't do the animation. And uh, apparently some people didn't think the dancing scene was shot as well as it could have been. Uh, like I said, I can't really credit fault it for any of that stuff because I just can't, I can't, I have nothing to compare it to so i'm probably in a way glad i just didn't rewatch the original right before i went in because then i would have been doing that in my head but uh it seems like th- that stuff didn't really concern you too much and you're okay with it am i reading you right on that uh yeah i mean one of the things i knew i was giving up going into this is that i really liked the designs of the characters in the animated original just because I mean, they're just, like, cartoony, you know? Like, Lumiere's head is, like, actually the candle. and I kept forgetting like, he was a candle. Is that weird? Like, I feel like, <laughs> no, I feel like yeah. ha- half of the time when I looked at him, he just looked like a regular statue and not a candle. I'm like, wait, is that is that still him? Like, I don't know. I, so, I, 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 I mean, I, I can still visualize what the original one looks like, and, like, I can see how that might be a little more appealing. Yeah, like, um, it definitely, like, the, the character designs of, of the enchanted things in the original is, like, one of my favorite parts about it. Because, you know, I mean, it's just one of the things I love about animation is just, like, you know, having such uh, – you can put such personality in the designs, I guess. And, like, I think the designs here were, like, well done. Like, especially, I think, the wardrobe, like, um, with cool. the way the curtains and the eyes. Like, I thought they did that really well. Um, you know, I just missed some of the cartooniness of it, but I mean, that's to be expected with a live action version. So, you know, I mean, I thought it was fine. I felt like Lumiere's design was a little too convenient uh, or he was just basically like a little man, but, uh, you know, I mean, it didn't bother me at all. I thought it was well done and none of it was really jarring or anything. So that, that, that like a uh, big fight scene at the end, is that like, like, is it that much of a fight in the original? It is. And the original fight scene had a lot of really funny gags in it that unfortunately they just couldn't really replicate here. Really? Okay. Like, That's cool. Like, yeah. I, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm hearing like, a, I, I, I really just, it's been so long since I've seen it that I didn't really know, but like, I still thought like, I can see why maybe just be inherently an animated movie is going to be able to do a few of those kind of things that maybe they just didn't even want to attempt to try here for fear of not doing it justice. Yeah, I actually kind of like cringed at a couple of parts in the fight scene because like seeing it in live action form was actually like, oh, my God, that would really hurt. You know? <laughs> like those huge torch arms just like hitting people on the heads as they're running. out. I was like, yeah. that would kill somebody like that would that would end a life to be hit by something that heavy. <laughs> like, and so I kind of was like, oh, man seeing that happen on screen but i guess yeah. everybody lives so. i still yeah i still thought that sequence was pretty impressive does does gaston actually die in the original uh yeah he does and he dies by a fall too just, um just like that but um the one big change they made in that final sequence was um in the original gaston has uh i think like a crossbow or like a bow and arrow hmm. instead of a gun and um so like that was a very notable change yeah like i didn't i didn't know like exactly like how long ago this is supposed to be taking place like i didn't know guns were a thing in in this universe at whatever year it was so he pulled out the gun and it was like a total shock to me i was like oh like we're in a world that guns exist in i didn't know that up until that point Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and like in the original he has his musket and then he doesn't even use the musket against the beast which seems kind of strange but so I guess this one it was nice that they set up the gun and then he actually used the gun against the beast. And um, actually, I do want to talk about the tavern scene because I really enjoyed that. But um, okay. there was 
there's that one part in, like okay we'll just talk about it then but basically there's a part in the tavern song when they're singing gaston like he sets up like the way he attacks the beast at the end which i thought was pretty cool too to see that connection there but and oh, yeah. uh, well, the character, uh, who's the character that like ultimately comes in and like s- saves him at the end? I forgot what's her name. Oh, yeah, Agatha. Yeah. So the uh, the enchantress. Oh, so is that the same enchantress that like put the spell to begin with? Yeah, I think that's I think that's what they were trying to do there. So yeah. that's a little um, that's a little different from the original. Yeah, because like in the original, you have the. Like the original, the way it's animated, they show you everything that happens, but they do it like they animate stained glass windows and they just show you stained glass windows instead of having it having it actually play out. And then at the end, like she doesn't reappear like Bell just says, I love you. And then he starts to transform. Yeah, it seemed like a little weird. She just kind of comes out of nowhere and does her thing like that. But uh, mm-hmm. but I mean, whatever. I mean, it, it got it to where it needed to be. Um <laughs> Uh, so what how about like I've, I've read a couple things about this version of gaston as opposed to the original like how did you feel about what they did with that character um was it any was it any like was it different at all for better or for worse because I, I mean um, I, I enjoyed his performance a lot i think gaston and lefou were like my favorite thing about this like, uh, like about, gaston, the, about, the, about the new new version yeah, about okay. the new version. Like, I thought that, like, Luke Evans and Josh Gad both were, like, really great, and I thought they were really funny together. And I thought I liked the creative ways they, like, were able to increase their roles um, yeah. in this, like, a lot more of their rapport and everything. And um, really just kind of building on something that was there in the animated version and just kind of building more out of it. So. so. Yeah, I thought like they did a pretty good job of quickly establishing exactly like who Gaston was. Like I, la- I mean, like I, I laughed out loud when uh, he's like he's hitting on Belle earlier, and then she's like, he's like, oh, you're reading a book? What a book? And she says it, and she's like, have you read it? And I laughed before he even said it because I just like knew that he was going to be caught <laughs> off guard, and I was just like, this guy is like, I, I get this guy. He's just so full of himself. But I, I had see, I, 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 I knew that he was maybe going to have to be less sympathetic than the Beast going down the line. But at that point, I didn't realize that like he's just like going to be a total fuck boy and i just i was just like, I was like god like this guy's awful and at first i just thought he was gonna be like just so clueless and full of himself and uh like i mean i didn't mind like i, I was fine when it went in that direction because i got it like all right well you got to have a bad guy somewhere along the line but I, I just thought it was so funny watching him just kind of flounder early on being like so full of himself and even having all those other girls after him and then he just like he just didn't really know how, he just didn't have any self-awareness and i just thought it was hilarious Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, you know books. <laughs> yeah, no, that was really funny. Uh, oh, and uh, the, like the other thing. The other thing was that the 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 movie. Uh, I, I guess I, I haven't really been following the press that much. People say Disney's been patting itself on the back for uh, get, having its first ever uh, gay moment on screen. And I, I were they were I, I didn't even know if they were referring to like when the wardrobe dresses up that one guy as a girl and he looks totally happy about it, or with like with you and the um, dance scene at the end. Uh, did you really did that really do much for you? Did they think they handled it well? Do you really if did you want did you think it was necessary that they have like an LGBT LGBT presence in this movie, or would you have rather them just if you're going to do it, kind of do it a little differently? Well, um, I know the director said that there was. Uh, quote an exclusively gay moment uh, mm-hmm. with LeFou mm-hmm. and um, so honestly if you like go back and rewatch the original it's very clear that LeFou is like in love with Gaston like 
I mean, he he's just a gay character, and um, you know, I people need to stop like people boycotting the movie. Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it, it was true to the character. It wasn't it wasn't like a tokenism thing, honestly. And then like I was watching the movie and I was enjoying it, and like I forgot about it for you know I forgot that there was going to be like an exclusively gay moment. But then after watching it, I was, I was like well, which one was the exclusively gay moment? Like, I feel like there were plenty of opportunities where it was pretty clear that LeFou was in love with Gaston, you know? Yeah. And. I, no, no, I agree. I was, I was reading um, one review, uh, Will Leach in the New Republic, and he said that, I mean, the movie's, uh, it felt like the movie was congratulating itself on his wokeness rather than building their relationship organically from the action, which I, 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 I kind of get. I mean, they, they, like, it seems like you said like they could have even taken out those two moments right there and it just would have been like a much more subtle way if they had just like made it be known like yeah like he, you might have thought so in the original but we'll just go out and say like he's supposed to be gay like you can kind of tell you know it's not, like you, you mm-hmm. don't really, you don't really need to like have a wink wink moment to go along with it it can just exist and that's probably a better way to go about it you know mm-hmm. yeah and i think i think one thing they set out to do with this one and um and they made it too clear. They made it probably made it too clear in the press tour was just, uh, you know, there's that whole like narrative with the Stockholm syndrome with the original story. Right. And I think they really set out, especially by, you know, casting someone like Emma Watson, who, you know, is so renowned for feminist work is to really kind of like have a corrective version of beauty and the beast. It almost felt like, you know, where you take like these things that are element that are elements of the original and you really play them up. Like, you know, Belle is much more feminist in this, like from teaching the other girl, that little girl, how to read to, you know, trying to actually escape from the castle and then, you know, coming forward and actually saying that LeFou is gay. Like, yeah, I think they definitely like were taking some things from the original and really playing up how progressive this version was. So, so she doesn't try and escape in the original? Uh, well, not as um, aggressive. No, because that. Yeah, not as aggressively, because, like, that scene, like, in the original, like, the Beast yells at her through the door, and then she's, like, crying on her bed, and the wardrobe's trying to comfort her, and then they invite her to dinner, like, the enchanted things invite her to dinner, but, but, you know, this one, she's, like, tying the rope to try to go down herself, you know, go down the tower, scale down the tower herself, so, uh, yeah, just, like, little moments like that where Belle is, like actually thinking and doing for herself a lot more in this one okay well i'm, I'm glad you pointed that out to me because i didn't realize like some of that was unique so like i mean even if it's not like even if i would have liked there to have been a little bit more there with their relationship before they fall in love it, it's cool to know that like they they took the time to actually have some some different details like that in there that just made her a little bit more independent and aggressive and like drive the action a little more in a way that like makes her just uh not as much of the victim, if you will, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, before we get out of here, I'm curious, like, do you, like, it seems like you're pretty positive on this experience. Maybe, uh, like, you're not someone that was just like, we don't need these movies to be remade like this. Or are there other Disney movies that you would be interested to see this with? I, I'm a little dubious of this whole Lion King thing that might be happening because it seems like it's a weird exercise to do when, like, there's no humans in the movie. Like, it, it kind of takes away from, like, the... Like what? I don't know. Like it looks like you're just watching talking animals. Otherwise, like it's cool to see like the person actually interacting with the animals. Uh, like you have in the Jungle Book, mm-hmm. at least. Even though I didn't love Jungle Book, like, like are you excited about the Lion King one? And is there another one you want Disney to do this with? Like, do you have? Do you, are you just not don't really have strong opinions on that yet? Um. Well, I'll say like I 
I, I like this exercise just as someone who is a nostalgist and like, you know, I don't think any of this stuff is like sacred. Cause like if you're doing, and I'm doing air quotes as I, I say, as I say this live action versions of these animated things, cause you know, I mean, Lion King is basically going to be another animated movie. Uh, that movie is going to be made on a computer. It's a, and you don't even yeah. need a, you don't even need a soundstage like the head in Jungle Book. <laughs> no, not at all. Like it's going to be totally animals. But um, you know, like I I really like these as long as they keep the spirit of the original. Um, like I know that Pete's Dragon was pretty divisive because that was just like basically an entirely different film. Um, you have the originals, Pete Dragon, Pete's Dragon, and then the new one that came out, like just two totally different things. So, um, like, I think when you're, you have to be like careful with these sort of things. Like, uh, you know, there are obviously films that a lot of people love, you know, myself included. And so you really have to be careful to honor the original and really keep the essence of original, which I think Beauty and the Beast did a good job of. Um, I know there's like word out right now that like the Mulan remake isn't going to have the songs and like, that's something oh, that right. kind of, that's something that kind of sits badly it's, with everyone. Kind of sits with me. Yeah. So yeah I've, seen, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of people upset about that. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, the songs are part of the essence of that movie. You know, it's, it's one of the reasons why it's beloved, you know, and it, it's a, it was like the last release of like that, disney 90s run that like is like iconic in the canon and it makes you think like well if they're going to cut the music then like what's going to happen with the character of mushu you know and then at that point if you're going to strip the movie of that well you know you might as well just make an original film about you know a female soldier right so but, well, uh, well then, yeah, then, like, then, I, then they then they don't make as much money though so <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah that's that's really the whole reason they're they're doing all this is because they can rake in the money mm-hmm. um yeah but um as for other ones to adapt i think they've announced an adaptation for like everything like like uh i don't know like i was kind of joking with a buddy the other day i was like whenever you can get the uh the rescuers down under live action you know <laughs> I, well, they, they have they haven't touched they haven't touched aladdin yet which i find interesting yeah uh, well, they actually Guy Ritchie's going to direct that one. Oh, so uh, it is already happening. Okay, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just, yeah. uh, just a little slow on the uptick on that one. I got you. Yeah, uh-huh. uh-huh. yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with uh, the genie. So that. No, nothing is sacred anymore, I suppose. <laughs> that, that is a good point, yeah. though. It's like, unfortunately, I mean, R.I.P. Robin Williams, but I mean, he, they, they could have just like used him again if he was still around for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it, his voice it still sounded the same fun. till the end. It's like bring like bring back Eddie Murphy for Mulan, you know. Um, but yeah, I think they're kind of in a pickle now too, though, because like Beauty and the Beast has made just like so much money, right? And like obviously, if any other kind of movie made this much money, you would just say sequel. But now it's like, how do you make Beauty and the Beast two? You know, because <sighs> Gaston's dead, and um, the Beast isn't a beast anymore, you know. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I I don't I don't I don't think you have to worry about that happening. I think they'll, they'll they might maybe they'll just remake it with a different actress and a different actor in fifteen years. You know, uh, probably that's probably a more likely scenario. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've just about covered everything, Joe. I appreciate you joining me for this today. Um, I guess we'll uh, 
maybe we'll see you again in in the fall for for coco or something like that uh oh for sure (laughs) i think you can have the you can can be the pixar guy i think i think you got that corner covered um and (laughs) or or in addition to disney or whatever else so um i'm glad i'm glad we were able to um get you back on again to break this down because i i I wanted to i wanted to have i wanted to give people something on this one because like we said it broke like every single March record. And like, God knows I could not have talked about like Anthony and I would have been like, even if Anthony did want to see this, like we probably weren't going to have access to the original. Cause that was the other thing. Like, you're, like I talked to you about this a little bit the other day, like they should make their stuff easier to stream. Cause like I, that's part of the reason why I hadn't seen the original in a while. So Anthony and I would have just sounded ridiculous trying to break this down. when like neither of us would have seen the original. Whereas like, I can just sit here and like dumbly ask you like all these questions. So uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate you being my encyclopedia for the original in that regard. Oh uh, no, I was happy to help. And you know, with all those, I remember just defending beauty and the beast when people would argue beauty and the beast versus like lion King, you know, growing up and like, which one was better. And I would always be in the beauty and the beast camp. And I know I was in the minority on that. So, uh, you know, happy to come on and talk about it. So, all right, man. Well, um, uh, thank all of you guys for listening. If you, as usual, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Josh Chernovoy, J O S H J U R N O V O Y. Uh, Joe, do you want to pimp your Twitter handle again? Yeah, if you like Atlanta Braves tweets, I'm at Joe underscore Morgan. Yep, baseball season's about started, and uh, we're gonna hopefully we'll start uh, tweeting a little bit more out from the 52 and 52 Twitter. I've been getting that back up and running a little bit. It's at 52 and 52 Pod. Maybe Anthony and I will tweet our collective opinions on some movie or something from there as a more centralized location of doing so, but maybe not because then what reason do you have to listen to the podcast maybe we'll do that for the movies which the we know we're not doing podcasts about and our email is uh 52 and 52 pod at gmail.com so thanks for listening and we'll see you next time <laughs>